0: It's now time to turn back the clock and catch up with some old friends of A's past, exclusively on A's cast. This is Where Are They Now? Vince Catronio sits down with alumni of the Oakland Athletics to reminisce and discuss current adventures. Here's Vince Catronio.
1: It is time for another edition of Where Are They Now? And thanks to the uh, Dave Stewart retirement ceremony at the Coliseum over the past weekend, we had a chance to catch up with Terry Steinbach, who was behind the plate for so many great moments for Stu. And I think I want to start there first, Terry, before we kind of wind back to the days of Minnesota and getting back to Minnesota. But what did the the, uh, what did the ceremony mean to you getting a chance to uh, see old friends see old teammates, but most importantly, see what Dave Stewart meant to the Oakland community?
0: I, you know for me it's first of all, it's a lot of fun you know to get back with your teammates, you know a lot of them you get to reminisce about you know old times and and all that, just kind of like any reunion goes, but I think you know when they're when they're focusing on Stu and what he did for the ball club and and what type of pitcher he was, it really brought back the memories and the meanings of of uh uh very good team that, you know, Sandy Allerson assembled and that Tony La Russa, Dave Duncan got to manage that. You, know, you look at some of the clips of Stu's performances, you know, the, the times going against Clemens that I believe at one time he was 13 and 0, you know, against really, really rekindles the memory, you know, a little bit of, of some of those uh, awesome battles that we had. And then for us, you know, behind the scenes, Um, we get to reflect on how great Stu was in the sense that if we needed a big win, you know, Stu was a guy that wanted to take the ball. And more often than not, he was the guy that got us out of those, I don't know, one or two game slides that we may have been in.
1: Can you describe what it was like catching Dave Stewart? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it it was a lot of fun. Now, for me, being
0: a young catcher uh, at that time, I was really fortunate to be able to, you know, catch a guy like Stu, you know, a veteran guy, knew what he needed to do, knew what the quality of his pitches were, um, knew how he wanted to use them, and was patient enough, you know, to work with me, uh, you know, trying to figure out what sequence of pitches he wanted to go with, learning how to read hitters and reading situations and and so on, but he was uh, a very... Uh, determined pitcher, a very aggressive pitcher. Um, One of the things I learned from him many times was you know, standing my best pitch is fastball in. If we get in a key situation if I'm going to get beat, which I don't think I am, we're going to get beat with my best pitch. And you know, I hung on to that for my
1: whole career and and, and that's something I want to tip my hat to Stu on. Visiting with Terry Steinbach in uh, this week's episode of Where Are They Now? Let's take a step back. They could still hear the accent, Steiny. It's still Minnesota through and through. You grew up there. You <laughs> went back there. You went to college there, where the A's drafted you back in 1983. I kind of want to start there. What it was like before you became a professional, but playing for the hometown college, and most importantly, playing with your brothers. And that's a great opportunity. I'm the youngest of four boys, so. I didn't have much of an opportunity to to play a lot of sports together. I did with the next brother, but the two older ones were, were much older than me. What was that like for you, Terry? It was a lot of fun. I mean, uh, you know, in the era that
0: I was at the University of Minnesota, 81, 82, 83, um, we had just a lot of fun playing the game. I mean, to be quite frank with you, none of us, you know, ever thought we'd get drafted. I mean, you know, you hear about – you know, the Mahlers, the Winfields, you know, from Minnesota that did get drafted, that went to the U. And, you know, we're like, hey, we're not in that caliber, you know, but what the heck, we're going to go here to the University of Minnesota. We're going to have a good time. We're going to play. We want to win, you know, and and being uh, able to do that with my two brothers. And then even probably more importantly is is my parents, you know, instead of having to divide and conquer, let's say we're all at different schools, you know, we're all at one. So for them, they got to come to a lot of road trips and see a lot of different, uh, big 10 cities, you know, and watch their, their kids play in that. How did you grow as a player there at the university of Minnesota? Um, How I grew there, uh, you know, originally was a third baseman and I was playing third base at, at the U. And I think the, probably the biggest growth for me was the off- offensive uh, perspective of that. Uh, George Thomas was our, our uh, head coach for the first year that I was there he's the one that recruited me. And, and, you know, one of the first five, six days of batting practice at Siebert field on university of Minnesota campus. Um, you know, he was big into just let letting the players hit. So we're hitting home runs to left field and, you know, yada, yada, yada. And he was the guy that taught us. He said, Hey, look, anybody can hit the ball left. I said, you want to hit home runs hit as many as you can, but I want you to hit them over the batter's eye or, or to right field. And he kind of presented that challenge to, to me, and, and my brothers, but you know, kind of also to our home, t- our, our, our whole team. And it wasn't until I played uh, uh pro ball and figured out that you know, if you can hit the ball the other way, you're tracking the ball a lot better. You're seeing the ball a lot longer, and potentially it's gonna you know raise your average and 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 kind of reduce your strikeouts. So I learned a lot there, you know, offensively, defensively. You know, I was let's face it. I was kind of a knockdown throw out third baseman. I mean, I had a little bit of range, you know, I didn't have a lot of range. Hence, that's why they moved me behind the plate at some point. But, you know, you, you, you learned, you know, get, get in front of the ball and, and, and do all that. And, you know, I think uh, between the two tools that I had there, you know, um, it caught the eye of, of, of the A's and was able to get drafted.
1: And, and getting drafted, you talked about changing position, going from third base to, to behind the plate, who, who was your biggest influence as you were beginning to learn those skills and, and seeing that that was going to be the path for you to maybe reach the ultimate goal of playing Major League Baseball?
0: Well, the biggest influence is Mark McGuire. They signed him off the Olympic team, and you know how they predict or project everything. And Big Mac was supposed to play third. We had this young left-handed hitter named Rob Nelson. He was projected to be the you know the A's starting first baseman. So those guys are going to get you know the 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 play time. So basically they they kind of came to me and said, hey look, you, you know we like the way you've hit the last two years of uh, short season A ball and A and ball in in the Midwest League. That we want to send you instructionally to learn how to catch. And their thought was that they liked my bat enough. They thought, hey, if we can give him a catching position. You know he could be that guy, that backup catcher possibly catches some games, can fill in at third, can fill in at first, possibly even a, a little bit of outfield. So and, and scouts, as I was growing up, you know, they kind of said, look, with your, your speed or lack of speed, I should say, they said you're either going to play third, first, or catch. So it wasn't um, completely out of the realm that I would go behind the plate. Um, Carl Keel was the guy in the A's organization that kind of, I'm going to say, hey, pull the plug or, you know, said, hey, let, let's do this. Let's, let's give it a whirl. And it's talk about being in the right place at the right time the A's weren't afraid of, of doing things with their young players. You know, they weren't afraid to, to bring guys up. They weren't afraid to give young guys a chance. And, you know, for me, McGuire, Canseco, Walt Weiss, you know, the list goes on. We were in the right place at the right time and got the opportunity to play at that level. What do you remember about the very first home run off of Greg Swindell? I do. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it was kind of – I mean, again, I had a really good year at double A. You know, catching the majority of of the games, and you know, back then we didn't have cell phones, we didn't have internet, you know, we didn't have social media. We had Baseball America, that was a week to ten days old, you know, and they were kind of saying, hey, you know, you're gonna get called up to the bigs. I go, come on, man, I've, I've only been catching one year, I'm in Double A, you got to go to Triple A, and you know, you got to follow the, you know, the whole whole routine. And you know, when I got the call and said, hey, you, you know, you're going up, it was like, you know, honestly, quite quite a shock. I, I had. No idea that, that that was going to happen, and then you, know, you walk into the clubhouse. You know we had had uh, Dusty Baker was there, and Dave Kingman, and and Carney Lansford, and and, Stu and, and you know all these veteran players. And you're like, oh my gosh, you know a lot of these guys. You know, you know I've been watching on TV, and uh, then you know once you get that opportunity to actually get in the batter's box, I mean you know you're nervous as heck, but once the umpire says play ball. You know the game was exactly how I remembered it. You know whether it's the big league level, or whether it's a ball, or whether it's in in, in high school. So, uh, you know it was a ten nothing game. We, we were losing, and I worked the count uh, three two to Swindell. You know and the last thing he wants to do in a situation like that is walk a guy. You know with a ten nothing lead. So he gave me a a good steady dose of fastballs, and you know I I always like to hit
1: those and 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 you know connect. and I want to hit a home run. Well, you mentioned the veteran guys that are on this club, but yet you also talked about the young players that were eventually going to become a core. You were included in that with with Jose Canseco and Mark McGuire and Walt Weiss. Did you feel like that young energy combined with those veterans, that that was the right mix that allowed that club behind Tony to start that run that you did in 1988? 100%. I don't think it was by accident
0: You know that we brought in the veterans that – Tony thought could help the young players, but also could still contribute, you know to to win. And yet he brought up, they brought up Sandy Allerson, Tony, you, you know, Walt Jockety back then, he was the assistant GM. Um, they brought up the young players that A thought they could play, you know, I mean, could 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 contribute, but also indirectly, uh, the young guns kind of motivated the old guys, you know, and as we got established a little bit, we, we joked about that, you know, all, all the time, you know, we, we, we teased the veteran players that we have on our team. Oh, you wouldn't have done what you did. It wouldn't have been for us pushing you guys, you know, ah, you know, that, that kind of thing. But no, it was, I think it was hundred percent by design. They did a nice job of getting that good mix of old veteran players. I shouldn't even say old, but a good mix of veteran players. who still had a lot left in the tank and then bringing up that youth, that energy, that, 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 that excitement to, to, to the ball club. And,
1: and, and uh, Tony did a good job blending it into a, a championship team. Terry, we've, we've, over the years lately, we've done some highlights from uh, you know, great moments in A's history, and whether it's in a regular season game or the postseason or, in some cases, all-star games. And I remember as I went back on some of the YouTube stuff and listened to Al Michaels talking about the 88 all-star game, and Terry Steinbach, why is Terry Steinbach on the team? Look at his batting average. He doesn't belong here and da da da, da, da. And all of a sudden, he hit a home run against Dwight Good. So, and you become, <laughs> you become MVP of the All-Star Game. What was, first of all, what was that like to step into that clubhouse being surrounded by that amount of baseball history? And certainly you had fun with it. How, what do you look back on when you think about those great moments that Terry Steinbach had on a major league diamond?
0: well it, it it you know it was kind of com- complex i mean it, you know in in 87 we were up and coming 88 we set a, i think an attendance record in oakland so hey there was nothing uh 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 secret about the a's you, you know their fans were stuffing ballots to get as many a's players in there as they could so i i mean short of mcguire's 49 home runs as as a rookie you know i hit 16 as 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 a rookie but you know, when you compare that to 49, you know, you know it's nothing. And then to start the '88 season, got injured, missed some time, never really got going. But hey, the fans voted me in, you know. And I, you know, you think about. It, I said, look, I'm I'm going, you know what I mean. Um, if they don't like it, then you know, bitch about the process a little bit, not so much the the, the results. If you don't want the fans voting, you know, go ahead and change it. But anyway, so I went and and uh, you know, walked into the clubhouse like you say, and to be in there with you know the idols that you have guys you idolize pitchers that you're trying to get hits off of your hitters you know that you're trying to get out you know on 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 a regular basis was just phenomenal and and to have the pitching staff you know in the all-star games that i was at to 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 work with you know was was great and and again you know we kind of touched on it my first step at even when I got through all the hoopla of, of, of an all-star game, you, you know, the thousands of items you have to sign and, you know, the home run contest, it wasn't as big then as it is now. Um, you know, doing all that once again, the umpire said play ball, you kind of find out, Hey, this, this is, <laughs> this is the same way it is in the backyard, you know, three strikes, you're out four balls, you walk. And, and, uh, so for me, it was just, you know, focusing on, on what I could do. I've been a, good fastball hitter my whole life and and you know Doc Gooden got, got a ball in the zone that I could handle and you know again going back to George Thomas you know was able to, to hit that ball out of right field.
1: That run of postseason excellence 88-89-90 going to the World Series all three years the the roller coaster ride that that was, you know, the uh, the disappointment, the euphoria, and then you know this disappointment again. Can you take me through what that really was like on a day-to-day basis? Some of the things that you experienced during those three years, you know, in the in the ultimate stage, or the wanting to be the last team standing, and you certainly did it. And I want to get to a lot of the Giants series in '89, but just those three years as a whole, what that was like.
0: Yeah, it's uh, uh again, you know, the the nucleus that. Tony and Sandy Allison and those guys assembled was not by accident. And, and Tony was great. I mean, every spring training, you know, we, we set goals and you, you know, the goal was to, to get to that world series. You know, we'd have the 71 72 73 guys would meander through the clubhouse every now and then. And we kind of knew we had something special going, but you know, in the sports world, you, you, you still got to play. So, you know, we win 102 games, I think in 88, you know, things went pretty well, not many injuries, you know, you have a guy go down here and there, but, you know, no season ending and anything. And, you know, we, we cruise through the playoffs, we get to the world series and, you know, the Dodgers just beat us, you know, I mean, everything that they did worked. you know, from Hershiser hitting and running to, you know, Michael Davis walking, stealing the base to Gibson, you know, with a broken leg, you know, hit, hitting the home run, but. We go back to spring training the following year, and and everybody's bitter. You know, we're we're really bitter that that, that we lost. I mean, not that we blew it. You know, the Dodgers beat us, but, hey, you know, we know you don't get that many opportunities. And, I mean, I think that team in in, in 89 was way more focused than we were in in 88. And I believe in 89, you know, we had Conseco go down. We had McGuire go down, I think, extra you know, might've spent a a, a stint on on the DL. And, you know, back then there was no seven day. I mean, it was 15 days. That's two weeks without some of your horses there. But, you know, we found our way to get there. And, and again, once we got that ball rolling, that was the year we knew, you know, regardless that this is our opportunity to win this thing, you know, and then we, you know same thing in 90 you know tony had his speech like hey anybody can win at once you know yeah. and blah 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 and so you know here, here we go in spring training again you know r- r- right from the shoot figuring out what do we have to do to get back there and you know like the season that we played and 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 probably in in all fairness we did not play our best baseball against cincinnati now, not taking anything away from cincinnati they beat us they were world champions that year um there was some mistakes you know that we had made throughout that, that that series that that cost
1: us and uh cincinnati took advantage of those what do you remember about 89 when ricky henderson rejoined the a's and you know how much of a how much of a uh influence was he on the a's kind of really kicking it in gear that second half of that year
0: it was he was a tremendous influence you know again being behind the plate one i gotta try to figure out how to get him out two if he gets on base i gotta try to figure out how to throw him out you know he was he was just a pain in the rear you know both ways then when we had the opportunity to pick him up and him join our club i mean it was kind of that shot in the arm you know you're it was kind of that that boost to the players that were there that hey the the front office the a's sandy you know, Tony, they're serious about, you know, winning this thing. They're giving us players to win this. And, and when we, you know, when Ricky joined our, our team, I mean, oh, my gosh. You know, the guy would get on base, steal second. Carney would get him over. Hindu would drive him in, one nothing. Or, you know, depending on who the pitcher was, Ricky would steal second, steal third. Carney would drive him in, one nothing. <laughs> you know? So it was, uh, I think, uh, a huge piece that was added to an already intimidating ball club, you know, that we had with the Bass brothers and, and dave parker and you know the size of players that, that we had and then you throw that last piece of the puzzle ricky in there you, you know leadoff hitter base dealer i, I mean it, it just catapulted us to that world championship
1: there's so many uh stories so much video of what happened with the earthquake uh prior to game three in san francisco a lot of you know video of of players becoming husbands with their wives walking you know on the field a candlestick trying to get to safety and make sure that their families are safe you're you're a part of that walk me through that emotion and something nobody ever wanted to experience or wants to experience again and how you were able to get through that well yeah you, you know we we know when the earthquake happened and all that in and,
0: and that particular game Welchie was supposed to start half he was going to catch him i wasn't going to be part of that so i'm enjoying the festivities you know pregame festivities, you know that that you have at 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 Candlestick, and you know being from Minnesota, my wife's from Minnesota, myself, you know, I, I mean we can deal with snowstorms, a couple tornadoes, you know freezing weather, but. You know we were for an earthquake and 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 she was paranoid about him and it, it was just uh it wasn't something that you were going to talk her off the bridge off you, you know or anything she just didn't like him and i go honey don't worry we're never i mean come on we have these little 2.3s 3.0s i mean we'd actually put an upside down bottle on on, on a shelf and if he came home and the bottle was tipped over it's like oh he must have had an earthquake you know but nothing ever ever to that magnitude and we had just had our our first daughter Uh, first child the daughter was was two and she was with a a babysitter uh back in 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 alameda so when the earthquake hit you know of course it it has to be the big one you know and and you know she was upset and that was pre-cell phone era we couldn't call home to alameda i mean we could see alameda from from candlestick but we couldn't find out if they were okay and you know, all the rumors are flying, you know, the, the Bay Bridge fell, the Nimitz Freeway was down, the marina district's on fire, you know, we got all this stuff going on I'm like, Oh my gosh, how how bad could could this be? And you know, you let those those emotions run wild and it took us I believe four hours, you know, to get from candlestick back to Alameda to find out that we had a, a, a veteran local babysitter who was in her sixties, knew exactly what to do with an earthquake. And actually in Alameda, it didn't even seem to feel that bad. She was telling us, you know, so yeah, once you found out everything was fine, you know, you could kind of relax a little bit, but you know, during the actual time it happening and, and, and not being able to get a hold of anybody in four hours to get home. Yeah. Your imagination can, can run wild.
1: In 10 days and uh, some of you went down to back to to spring, train, spring training site to try to stay loose with the hope that baseball was going to resume. They said it's necessary. It's an important part of the healing process and you come back and play. In the meantime, you know, uh, Dave Stewart and others maybe you were part of this as well. Just trying to do what you can to provide some some comfort to the community before you even started baseball again. How important do you think it was uh, uh, certainly to get back on the field for not just for baseball, but for that community and uh, what did it mean for you to be a part of that watching, uh, you know, what you do for a living and, and, and the people that you were around try to in their own way, a, any way possible, try to lift the spirits of everybody around them.
0: Yeah, it was, it was very difficult at first, you know, because you had the humanitarian issues going on lives lost, I, you know, probably billions of dollars, you know, in, in damages and, and, you know, you're seeing the, Devastation, and and there was 24/7 coverage in the Bay Area of, of pulling people out of, of of finding bodies of of you know trying to trying to make sense of, of anything that's going on. And then two, you have the professional part of that is like, hey, we're two and O in in the World Series. You know, it's like my gosh, you know, we worked so hard. I mean, we lost in '88. We play a hard season in '89. We're two games away from getting the ultimate. Uh, uh Accomplishment of an athlete, you know, and trying to balance both those things out were, were very difficult. And we had a couple fake starts. Yeah, we'll play in three days. So you go home, take it off, then you start ramping up. Yeah, yeah you know, we're not going to play. And they say it's going to be six days or five days, whatever it was. So again, take a day off, get ramped up. Yep, yep, we're going to play. No, nope, you know, we're not going to play. And then finally, Uh, when Bart Giamatti, I believe, was commissioner at the time, says, you know what, we have to play the World Series. It's going to show the world that you can overcome these uh, uh, catastrophes, and baseball is going to be the way to pull it out that say, yeah, we have a lot of devastation, we have a lot of destruction, we have lives lost, but we're going to rebound, we're going to rebuild, and to start this off, it's going to be finishing this World Series. And once we got the 100% green light on that, You know, for us, I think the best move that we did was, or the A's did, load us up on a plane, take us to spring training, said, okay, boys, you know, yes, there's a lot of of bad stuff happening back, you know, in the Bay Area. Let's get refocused. It's our job, you know, as professionals now. We have to go out there and do the best, you know, that we can do. So we kind of got away from all, all the coverage. We had some fun, goofy practices down there tried to regroup, tried to get refocused, you know, guys that were hot, tried to get, you know, keep, keep them hot. And then, you know, go back to, you know, the Bay and, and, and win those, win games three and four candlestick, you know, was, was, was meaningful to us, but probably the, the, the coolest thing that we did, you know, being a catcher, I think we had, I think 13 first responders or different types of responders that were on the field that all threw first pitches all at the same time. So I think we had 13 catchers or 13 people, you know, to catch these uh, pitches. And that was, that was pretty cool, you know, to see, to basically to kind of pay tribute, you know, to everyone who right
1: when the earthquake hit, everybody that jumped in and and did what they were trained to do. Winding down our conversation with Terry Steinbach and our, where are they now episode, just uh, wrapping up the 89 world series, Terry, what was that final out like? Oh uh, it's it, it it it's probably the hardest thing to explain because
0: you work so hard, you know, you want to get to that World Series. We still had the taste in our mouth what it was like to lose, you know, the World Series in eighty eight to, to to the Dodgers. So when we're eighty nine and we got game four and we got two outs and you know, to see that ball hit and, and, and Tony Phillips get it and, and, and flip it to X. And see that it's the last out I mean it, it it's it's such a joy. I mean you accomplished you know a goal that I think every athlete in their particular sport dreams about doing, and it, it, it's such a i mean just such a relief because all the hard work that everybody does you know all, all, the, all the players there, the front office, the staff, everything that we had worked so hard. For to do and then you throw the earthquake in there you know another hurdle you know to, to overcome was was just an ecstatic feeling of of reward and success and and joy and 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 camaraderie with your 25 guys that went to battle with you all year and knowing that you in that particular year you
1: ended up being you know the best team in baseball Terry, I know you talk so much about team and that group and what that means, and I get it. It's a team sport, and the, those things are what what bring out the greatness in, in different organizations, but there are times where you can look on somebody's career, and maybe there was a season that you could say almost in some respects was, at least in, in some areas, a perfect season. And for you, you look back on that 96 campaign, 35 home runs and 100 RBIs and and uh, doing what you did, you know, with that club, even though it wasn't a team that necessarily uh, did much in terms of uh, getting the postseason, and whatnot, but for Terry Steinbach, to have that kind of, you're a guy that always considered himself a, a decent hitter, to have that all kind of come together. Uh, take me back to that 96 campaign. Yeah, I mean, it's it's no secret.
0: I, was, I knew I was going to be a free agent that year, and, you know, the A's were going a different direction in the sense that Tony had went to St. Louis. Art Howe was their manager, did a phenomenal job you know Mac and I are still there and you know we're kind of talking who's going where what are you going to do you know and it's like I don't know we'll just kind of play the play the season out you know and see see what happens so you know you want to have a good year going, going into your free agent year anyway and um, you know so we we start that season and people probably don't remember but that's when they were redoing uh, or making Mount Davis so we opened our first seven games up in Vegas. Uh, we played Detroit and Toronto at Vegas's AAA Stadium at the time because our stadium wasn't ready. So then we go back home and, you know, we see how Mount Davis had changed the dynamics of how the baseball carries. I mean, that park used to be, um, you know, really friendly for pitchers, especially at night. I, I mean, only the big boys are going deep, you know, from gap to gap to center field. It, 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 it just it didn't carry, you know, the ball was dead now all of a sudden with mount davis being built there i mean i mean the ball carried all, all the time so that particular year my my doubles went down you know quite a bit but all of a sudden your home runs go up quite a bit so it was uh for me it was kind of that 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 perfect storm and you know you kind of say when when you get on a roll you know you just ride it and and man that that particular year um a lot of things fell into place they they, they went real well and and I was able to, to, to hit those home runs, get those RBIs. I think I had most games started that year. Also, Art Howe, you know, was throwing me out there, you know, ride a guy when he's hot. And I was fortunate to stay healthy that year. And, again, we had a lot of fun. And, and you know, from start to finish, you're right, I wish we could have done better, you know, than what we did. Um, but I think we had five guys that did just really, really good deals with, with home runs, I mean. Ronald Barrera, I think Scott Brocious, uh, Giambi. I think myself, I, I remember us being on the cover of magazine hit, hit, hit hitting all these home runs. And, you know, a lot of it, we got a lot of good hitters in that group. But, it, but again, the the dynamics of the stadium, I think, finally helped out the
1: offense a little bit in the Bay Area there. Also, it gave you the chance to come full circle because it gave you the chance to sign the three-year deal and, and finish your career as a Minnesota twin back home. Uh, that had to be... Uh, as close to a dream come true even all the things you would accomplish at that point got to the big leagues you played in the world series you're an all-star game mvp but home is home and maybe it's a, it's it's in a different place in terms of the the great memories you have in baseball but it has to be pretty high going back home to minnesota
0: oh 100 it, it 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 was and it's one of the deals that um as you know a lot of sometimes the public kind of misses out on this aspect of it that we are family people, you know, and my kids, uh, uh, at three of them at the time, they, they were growing up, they were starting to get, of of school age. They were starting to get of age to, to get with their group of friends. They were starting to, uh, participate in their sports, you know, as, as, as young, young children. So for me, it was 100% a hundred percent, a win, win. We could get our kids involved in the schools that they wanted to be in the friends, you know the group of friends that we wanted them to hang out with instead of always having to leave you know in 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 february you know right away and on the flip side i still had the opportunity to do something that i loved you know which was was play the game so again it was uh you know right place at the right time have a good year the the twins were willing to to, to sign me um you know i got to play you know end my career here in minnesota we developed a lot of close friends you know with with tom kelly and gardy and scotty alger and suchy you know the the staff and and at that time the twins had some younger players you know so we were the veterans me ron coomer greg colburn greg myers you know were guys that brad radke you know we were, were, were guys that were kind of guiding down the road a little bit and and yeah you know you always wish you know that maybe a little bit more talent or a little bit more of a break here that we could have been more competitive, you know, in those days. Cause you know, having a taste of postseason, you know, the, the first third of, of, of my career, you know, kind of wish everybody would have that opportunity to, to experience that, but you know, it just didn't happen, but you know, I was fortunate to, to retire here and, 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 you know, again, even a little bit further down the road, I had the opportunity to see the other
1: side of it as a, as a bench coach for a couple of years. And then finally, Terry. Just uh, as we wind down, fourteen years of the big leagues, eleven of those with the Athletics. You've been back on a few occasions. You've you've enjoyed some of the celebrations. You've also had a chance to 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 witness what the the A's mean to the community and uh, what they brought out in guys like Terry Steinbach. Just what are your what are your thoughts about what it meant to be in Oakland A?
0: Oh man, it, you know the A's are, are 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 my number one team. I mean, you know, you win with an organization like that you start with an organization like that you have those great memories you know of of winning uh when Big Mac and I sat on those chairs during Stu's celebration you know both him and I were kind of whispering to each other man you look around here he says Remember, we used to sell this thing out, Mac, and we had 30,000, you know, on, on a Tuesday game and, and 50,000 on, on, on the weekends and, and the screaming people and then talking to uh, 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 players on the other team and go, man, we hate coming to and Those fans are crazy. They're loud. You know, the Coliseum's hard to play in. The the skies, I've never seen such a high sky. Blue as blue can be. And the outfielders can't catch balls. And, and you know, all those are, 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 are the things that, you know stick out to me uh being able to be a a a, a person you know a guy who played a, a active participant a contributor on on that whole whole thing and oakland is always going to be you know has a, a a big place in my heart and and my wife and kids heart as as well and it'll always be you know the place that uh they gave me the opportunity you know, you know to start this wonderful journey that i was fortunate to be on
1: Terry, I can't thank you enough. Thanks for being a part of this, and uh, wish you all the best. Look forward to seeing you again at some point. always appreciate your your smile, and just uh, when Terry Steinbach is around, it's a good day, so thanks again for doing this. Thank you very much, and I'll never turn down an opportunity to get back out to to, to the Bay Area. That's Terry Steinbach joining us on this week's episode of Where Are They Now?
0: This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.